it is such an honor for me to get to be standing here or sitting here in this situation in the place that Pastor Earl normally uh, is sharing with you guys and to get to be trusted because they love you so much. So the fact that they're letting me do this is uh, a huge honor for me because um, I, I know what this means to them. I know what each one of you mean to them. So yeah. I just want to say thank you to Pastor Earl and Anika for everything they've poured into me, into my wife. And um, thank you for the opportunity to get to lead in this church, to be called and to live out that calling uh, here on earth um, and until we get to heaven. All right. All right, guys, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about something God's been speaking to my heart. Turn with me, if you will, to Matthew chapter nine. Matthew chapter nine, I got two scriptures, two, or I should say two stories in the same chapter that I want to share with you guys um, and talk a little bit about our heart condition. Um, so, so just to kind of get your hearts ready, like, um, have you ever seen, um, or heard of a story where a doctor misdiagnosed a patient? Like, you know, the, the, the doctor, you know, thought it was the, you know, the broken leg that they needed to fix, but it turned out there was cancer or the doctor thought it was, you know, this bleeding in this part of their body, but actually it was being caused by, you know, nutrition or something like this. Or where sometimes I think it is easy in the medical field with as complex as our bodies are to look at something and think mm-hmm. that the need is obvious. And I just think that, um, God is trying to tell us that sometimes what we see with our eyes and we, what we believe in our heart is the most important thing for us to focus on. Sometimes that is not what he's wanting us to focus on. So I'm going to read a little bit out of this passage, uh, starting in verse chapter one, verse uh, one of chapter nine in the book of Matthew, um, first book of the New Testament. If you're new to the Bible, um, Jesus climbed into a boat and he went back to the lake to his own town. So he goes home. He goes home. Just like a lot of us are doing for Thanksgiving and for Christmas, we're going home. And we, we all know it gets crazy. The criticism, the way we're seen, maybe you are a boss in the boardroom every single uh, day of every single week. You're killing it. You're salesman of the year. Um, but you go home and you kind of a little bit go back to who you used to be when you were 15, 16, 19, you know, sneaking cigarettes into your bedroom or whatever it was you got caught doing. You, um, you, you know, that's how they kind of still see you. And yeah. so Jesus goes home and he says he got into a boat, went across the lake to his own hometown. Some people brought to him, some people, just some people, doesn't give their names. Some people brought to him a paralyzed man on a mat. Um, so obviously these people are saying, this guy's got an obvious issue. Um, he can't move. He can't get off this mat. He, he, there's no, there's nothing we can do to help him, but Jesus, we believe mm-hmm. that you can help him. Yep. So they put him on a mat and they bring him to Jesus and they don't really say anything. They just bring him and put him in front of Jesus and be like, do your thing, Jesus. And, um, it says this, Jesus said, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, be encouraged, my child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers and the religious, some of the religious people, some of the church people um, uh, of the, the teachers of the religious law, uh, law um, said to themselves, that's blasphemy. Blasphemy, if you're not a church person, really is just a, a technical word for being like, that's basically you're saying this is God and this is not God. So you're basically lying that what you're doing is of God. They were accusing Jesus and saying, what you're doing is not of God. What you're doing is not from him. What you're doing and what you are saying is not acceptable. In fact, you are offending God. They were accusing Jesus of offending God. It says this, 
and that's blasphemy. Does he think he's God? <laughs> and Jesus is like, yeah, that's who I think I am. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that's who I am. Um, and he says, Jesus said he knew what they were thinking. And he asked them, why do you have such evil thoughts in your heart? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? Hmm. So the, I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive yeah. sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and he said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And with this, the man jumped up and went home. It says fear swept the crowd when they saw what had happened. Um, when, when Jesus looked at this man, um, he did not see the school debt. He did not see the anxiety. He did not see the issues with weight. He did not see um, the fact that this, this man may have been single or was married. He did not see a gay man or a straight man. He did not see whether or not this person um, was lonely or whether this person needed a car. He did not see whether or not this man um, was, a, uh, was a person who was very successful or a person who needed a job. Mm. He saw that this man needed to become right with God. Mm. He, said, he saw wow. that this man was not close to God. And so he addressed the most grave, the most serious, the most life-threatening issue in that moment. Everybody there was like, no, 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 Jesus, <laughs> you're missing something big right here. You know, you're, not, you're not picking up on the fact that we got COVID on these streets. Jesus, you're not missing the fact that, um, that, that, that you know, we're fighting for justice for every single person of every single skin color. We're fighting God. Uh, we're fighting Jesus that, that, that um, we have the right person in our political office. Jesus, you're missing a big, big, big piece here. You're not seeing the big picture, Lord. You don't understand like yes it's great forgive his sins do your thing Jesus but actually you're missing the fact that we can't leave our homes Jesus you're missing the fact that I'm still single Jesus you're missing the fact that I uh, I got diagnosed with cancer Jesus you're missing the fact that I was have been overwhelmed with anxiety for my for the last five years to the extent that I've forgotten who I am, to the extent that I have to take medicine, to the extent that I don't know if my purpose is even possible to be fulfilled or lived out anymore. Wow. Jesus, you're missing the most important thing. And Jesus says, no, no, no. The most important thing is that this man has no boundaries and no barriers and no chains and no prison doors and nothing separating him from me. Wow. I, I'm here to forgive sin. I'm here to change change lives. I'm here to transform people. I'm here to rebuild marriages. And what you look, when you look at the sickness, you're misdiagnosing the sickness. And I think that some of us a little bit as a church have misdiagnosed our sickness. Hmm. We think that our sickness is the things we don't have. Hmm. We think the sickness is okay. the is the mental or, or or psychological struggles we're having? We think the sickness is the cancer. We think the sickness is the anxiety. We think the sickness is the hospital bed. We think the sickness mm. is the addiction. We think the sickness is the pornography. We think the sickness is is the fact that we're not married or we don't have something that we think we should have. And Jesus is saying, no, the sickness is that you're not with me. The sickness is that. 
I'm the answer. The sickness mm-hmm. is, is that wow. you're looking for other things to, to and you're diagnosing yourself incorrectly and you're looking for other things to answer the questions that, that, that you're asking right now. You're asking the wrong questions. And just a little bit later on, um, in the, the man who wrote this passage, the guy, guy by the name of Levi Matthew, um, said he was, Jesus was walking by his booth. And this man, um, like think of somebody, I don't know, depending on who you are, your perspective and where you come from in life, your, your idea of what the worst person in town looks like could be different. It could be a police officer. It could be um, maybe the worst person in town in the, in the where you grew up was a, a, a stockbroker uh, in some big office in New York City on Wall Street. Maybe the worst person um, is, a, is a human trafficker. Maybe the worst person in your brain. I mean, we all have the person in our brain that's the worst person, the person that just, you know what? God does not approve of who they are. God does not approve of what they do. We all have our own mentality of who that worst person is. But in this town and in this day and age, the worst person in this town was a man by the name of Levi Matthew. He was a tax collector. He was stealing money on behalf of Rome for um, away from his own people. And Jesus walks by his, his uh, booth and as opposed to addressing, again, he does the exact same thing. What's obvious to everybody else is this guy has stacks of money on a table and that money has been stolen from his own people. That's the biggest issue. That's, that's issue number one, Jesus. I don't understand how you don't see that. That's yeah. issue number one. This guy is a bad guy and you need to, justice needs to be had. We need to, we need to get this guy straight. We need to get this guy fixed because what he's doing is wrong. What he's, he's hurt people. Jesus, this guy has wounded people. He's cheated on his wife. He's left her abandoned. He's left her alone. He's, he's a bad guy, Jesus. You need to know this guy is wrong. This guy, he's a Democrat. He's a Republican. He's Trump. He's Biden. Whatever is in your brain of the worst person you can think of. Jesus went up to that person and said, Hey, Matthew, follow me. Come do life with me. He didn't address this sin. He didn't address the, the sense that this guy had um, hurt people, failed, broken up things. He looked at the man and said, hey, you come. You come, come close to me. Be with me. Do life with wow. me. Follow me. Wow. There's more purpose. There's more in you, Levi. There's more. There, you're, you're not, what you're seeing right now in this part of your life is not the end of your story. There's transformation on the other side for you. You just got to follow me. You just got to get with me. I think about stories when we were meeting in campus. I think about how, the, um, I remember a story um, last year where um, Jesus, uh, I'm sorry, we were meeting in campus and um, I remember walking, I was on helping the usher team this day at, at White Rock campus. I remember seeing a family um, and when Pastor Earl was doing the prayer, the, the end of the, the call to salvation, the very, very end of the service, I remember Pastor Earl um, would say, okay, you know, um, if you're here today and Jesus Christ is not first in your life, I want you to raise your hand. And then people, these people raised, this, this whole family raised their hand. And then right after that, um, uh, he said, okay, I want you to pray with me. Dear Jesus, dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my sins. And I watched this whole family um, holding hands and crying as they said this prayer together. I'm going to lose it. (laughs) Okay. um, And I remember later hearing the story from somebody who knew them. And um, this man um, had cheated on his wife. And he had... um, he had decided that he wasn't going to stay with his family. He had decided that he was going to leave his family. He had sat his kids down and his wife, in front of his wife, 
And he said, I'm leaving. I'm going to go be with this other woman. And I'm leaving all of you to go, do, to go live that way. I'm tired of this. I'm done with this. I'm done. And I remember um, that his son um, had told him when he heard this news, they're crying, they're weeping, um, they're, they're going through a hard time. And they heard the worst news they could possibly hear. And their son said, hey, dad, would you just do one thing before us? Before, we, before, we, before you leave, would you just go to church with us one more Sunday? And he came and he showed up at our White Rock campus and he, um, his life was changed. And you could look at him and you could say, that man needed to do right. He needed to do right by his family. He needed to, to fix his marriage. He needed to not be cheating on his wife. He needed to not. But, but what Jesus said in that moment is you're misdiagnosing this. This man needs to be with me. This man needs to know me. All those other issues are secondary to him knowing me and him being connected to me. I think about... Um, I think about uh, Malin, one of the girl, one of our amazing women on staff. Um, her, we got to pray with her when she was an intern um, on staff, and and for her nephew. And I remember how she was saying that her nephew was being bullied, and how that um, she just was praying that somehow, some way, her family would let her bring her nephew to church. And I remember with all my heart how. Um, he came and, and we thought the issue, we all were praying against the bullying, but what really needed to happen is he needed to connect with a savior that loved him. He needed to connect with a, a savior that could, could that had an approval on his life that superseded anything else that he was experiencing at school. And I just, I just want us to like realize that this is the work that God has called us to, that we are misdiagnosing the things we're seeing that are happening in our world. We're misunderstanding. We've gone to sleep church. We have We have forgotten the fact that we are called and we are elected and that God has anointed us and and, and, and called us to speak on his behalf to a lost and dying world. And we've forgotten somehow that that's who we are. And I just want to call us, I want to remind us that God is still doing miracles. God is still changing lives. God is not done using us just because of COVID or political climate or because of anything else that's going on in this world. Right now, God is saying to us as a church is that I'm not done. That I'm still reviving and I'm still transforming and I'm still changing lives and I'm not done yet. And I'm going to use you and I'm going to use you and I'm going to use you and I'm going to use you. You put your name in the blank because God is saying, I want to use you to reach a lost and dying world. It's not about an amount of money that we raise in the heaven to earth offering. It's not about how long we, when we will meet together in our, in campuses again. It's not about how many homes we open up um, or neighborhoods we open up, or it's not about how many campuses we do. It's about that there is a lost and dying world. And Jesus is saying to us, please pray to the Lord of the harvest because the harvest is plentiful and the labors are few. And I'm saying to us today, it's time for us to wake up. It's time for us to remember it's sometimes it's just getting people to Jesus. Sometimes it's just getting them in front of him for him to be able to change their lives. And if we, sometimes we are misdiagnosing what the issue is and what God really is all he's concerned about is that he has people's hearts and he has people's lives so he can change their future. Um, I'm sorry I lost it and I'm sorry I was crying a little bit, but I just want us to remember, I feel like God put this on my heart to share with you today that um, he's not done and he hasn't changed the rules. And he hasn't changed the platform. It's still about him. And it's still about the cross. And it's still about how he can meet us on the road to Damascus or in our car or in our home or in our apartment or out on the street. 
and he can change our lives. And that's the message we have for this world. And that's what we need to be saying to people. So I love you guys. It's an honor. I'm gonna pray over us real quick before I end. Jesus, thank you for this time. Jesus, please seal your word in each of our hearts, God. Please anoint, God, us to go into this harvest, God. And please um, help us to live lives worthy of the calling you've placed on us. It's in your name we pray, amen. We love you guys. um, And we are so thankful for you guys. See you guys soon.